0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. One, two, three. It's a hard next life. It is a hard Nick's life. A hard Nick's life. Oh, it's a hard Nick's life.
1: What up, Knicks fans? And what is up, Barry motherfucking D? What
2: is up, Craig? (laughs) That's it. The weird inflection I used right there. Yeah, there you go. What is up? And good day, Jay, a.k.a.
1: Blanderson Hooper.
3: Good day to you, too.
1: If you listen to our show, please leave us some positive reviews and ratings wherever you listen. And please subscribe to the one podcast that makes a difference in your life. It is a hard Knicks life. All right, all right.
2: Don't lay it on too thick,
1: okay? All right. You know what happened to me last week when I was editing the podcast? What? Lately, because I've been off, I, I try and find time to edit during the day, um, where typically I would edit at night when everyone's asleep. See, I would think you would edit at night because you're off, you know what I mean? Because you don't have to wake up early, I would think. Well, I'm, I'm doing it during the day because I don't, I don't like spending my nights editing late mm-hmm. into the night, so I try to get it done during the day, at least a little bit. But my i, 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 I kind of fr- i kind of let my kids go in and out of the room as I'm editing, and I just I'm not editing on headphones. And my daughter was in the room like the entire time I was editing. And after you should have heard her
2: fucking mouth. Why was she like spouting off the top draft prospects like she was uh, fucking <laughs> yeah, sure. a fucking yeah general manager? She behind me just starts going
1: fuck fuck mother fuck Craig
3: Craig fuck no no she <laughs> fuck, didn't fuck. oh yeah <laughs> no come on.
1: I was so proud
3: <laughs> Are you serious? She
2: said fuck like eight times in ten seconds wow, So that's what she picked up from the show
3: Wow, That's
1: what
2: she gets It wasn't like, you know, did you see my lateral quickness As I moved over to the refrigerator <laughs> to get that uh, orange juice Oh, and then she was drawing a picture
1: of me You'll you'll enjoy this She was drawing a picture of me at the kitchen table I had like twelve arms I was yellow, I, I was red You know, this, the way a three-year-old would draw a picture of a person wasn't great. And then she drew, I said, "I was like, who is that? She's like, that's, that's you, Daddy. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Then she started drawing another person right next to me in yellow. I was like, oh, is that Mommy? She's like, no, that's Barry. <laughs> yeah, she's drawing pictures of me. <laughs> she's drawing pictures of me and Barry.
3: Barry's yellow?
2: Yellow's better than red. Is it? Yeah. She, I mean, I she sees it's... you as angry Daddy. You know, red's the color of anger. And what's yellow? Urine. No, it's not. It is. Is it happy? Yellow is happy, right? <laughs> I don't know.
3: Well, it's the f- it's the color of smiley face so. emoji.
2: That's right, and the sun. It's the sun of warmth, and it's a color of cowards. Is it a color of cowards? Yes. You ever heard of somebody say, "You're yellow."
3: You yellow belly coward.
1: All right, guys. On today's show, we're going to listen to some weird fucking voicemails we got. We've got some exclusive news coming from Jay. I'm very excited about it. Is that going to be part of the news segment, Jay? Or that's just you've got something something to share you want to talk about? No, it's just something I could share. Now?
3: That's just something that I... That's not a news.
1: Give it a second. Then we're going to talk about the latest rumors we have going on. Are the Knicks moving up in the draft? Are they moving down? Are they staying put? And we'll look at a few prospects we haven't gotten to yet. Jay, any good desserts this week?
3: I actually had a delicious cake this evening it's not something that compares to clarkson avenue crumb that's for sure it was delicious nonetheless but it is not clarkson avenue crumb very few desserts actually can match the delicious flavor <laughs> of clarkson <laughs> avenue crumb you
1: speak so formally about desserts he likes he cuz i up it's, it's a big chair. thing for me
3: i it's something it's like, I actually.
1: Take, I had a. I had a delicious cake this evening. I take
3: my desserts very seriously.
1: Well, as many of you know, our sponsor, Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company, has the most delicious and unique crumb cakes in existence. They're Big Knicks fans, big fans of the show, and they are local, but they deliver anywhere with flavors like mint chocolate blackout, raspberry blackout, blueberry, mm. salted caramel. Mm. These guys are changing the crumb cake game. God, they are they're available online in a variety of flavors and in two sizes the eight by eight inch size cakes which jay what is that like two mouthfuls for you
3: an eight by eight that's nothing that give me a eight. couple of minutes and i'd be done with that
1: you would need a couple minutes for eight eight inches you i've seen you get eight inches in your mouth really easily <laughs> back in high school when you were experimenting with cake
3: yes no sure <laughs> All right,
1: or you can get their world famous crumpkins, which are tiny. It's also something Jay loves in his mouth. Crumb cake of the month, still the caramel apple crumb cake. You want to get that while it lasts. And don't forget to check out their corporate gifting with the holidays coming up. You get some great deals on just getting a ton of crumb cakes. I know, Jay, you're thinking about you don't have anyone to corporate gift. Unless it's me or Barry. Right. I don't think that's enough. But you're thinking about doing corporate gifting just to stock up, right?
3: Yeah. Just so I have for the coming winter.
1: All right, guys. Go to ClarksonAvCrum.com. Use promo code Life for 23% off your order. Jay, what is this news? I, I can't wait any longer.
3: Beginning tomorrow, I will be quarantining for the next 14 days.
1: Oh, boy. Yes. And this is somebody in your one of your students had no
3: it? no it is. well oh. I mean I did have a student who came down with the COVID but uh, because I was not within six feet without a mask and for longer than fifteen minutes I do not count I did not count as a close contact no no uh, our babysitter who is with our children every morning and every afternoon called us earlier this evening to tell us that she has tested positive oh. for the COVID.
2: Oh, dude,
1: <laughs> that is that's not good. Um, so your kids are definitely getting; they're definitely going to get that. Well,
3: we went out immediately, and all four of us got the rapid test, which came back negative for all of us. However, I mean, there's like a four to six day incubation period. We will be called tomorrow by the Suffolk uh, by the Suffolk County Department of Health, I would believe, for contact tracing purposes. And uh, really? yeah. They Do that, oh, yeah. Well, how does you what? How old is your sitter? She's 62, 63.
1: Oh, she's
2: not like six. I thought you were gonna say 16. No, no, so 62 she 63. is she okay?
3: She has a fever as of right now.
2: When was the last time she was in your home? This morning. Oh,
3: actually, this afternoon, yeah.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. this afternoon, yeah. This is brand new news,
3: oh, yeah, yeah. No, this is today. She got a phone call after she left our house saying that someone she had recently been in contact with had tested positive. She got herself a rapid test, and she was positive.
1: Well, I hope everyone comes out okay.
3: Yeah. I mean, and we've been in close proximity, you know, for greater than 15 minutes, no masks on, and... So I will be teaching from home for the foreseeable future.
1: Is this good news or bad news for you?
3: Well, I mean, I'm stuck in the house probably for the next 14 days. The fort. we can't do anything.
1: For some yeah. reason, I feel like you would like you would like that. Right, I get that sense too. Well, what I can, can s- <laughs> right. I can like sleep. When, when we said when he's he's he scooted up to give us this news, like he was excited, just like when he was about to start talking about cake. You're telling me that there's no part of you that is a little bit excited that you're not going to work every day.
3: Oh no, I I can sleep later. And obviously, I don't have to drive back and Here forth. Here comes the
1: truth, Barry. Oh,
3: I mean, is it ideal? No. <laughs> Are there positive parts? It's not parts ideal of because it?
1: you there's a yes. deadly disease floating around. Right,
3: exactly. <laughs> but at the same time, I can sleep later, and I don't have to sit in traffic, you know, for two hours every day there and back.
1: <laughs> right. So, so essentially, you're pretty fucking thrilled with this.
3: I don't know if I'd say I'm thrilled, but it certainly helps. It's not horrible, that's for sure. <laughs> It's not horrible.
1: Oh, man. And your wife has to stay home? Everywhere? Yeah, oh, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. We're all quarantined for the for the foreseeable future. I guess you know,
1: ideally I, you would have just been exposed to the sitter, so you would have to quarantine what everyone else could go about.
3: Yes, pretty much. That's Incubation
2: is typically what, Jay?
3: I think like four to six days. So you tested
2: negative now. Right. Let's say seven days from now you get another test, it's negative again.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I'm not a doctor and I have heard it's it's not – Abnormal to quarantine for fourteen days. That seems like the going quarantine period. But why is that? Like, why not after seven days?
3: Well, the CDC guidelines are fourteen days. Now, I don't know. The Department of Health could tell me that if I have a a negative test within a week, that maybe I could go back to work. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure.
1: Because supposedly you can you you might you can get it ten days later, right? Barry, so. You could go um, negative test for ten days, and then on the eleventh day, all of a sudden, get a positive test. Okay, well, there you go.
3: So we'll see. I got to see what the Department of Health says when they call tomorrow to check in. They're
1: okay. not letting a teacher back into school after a week of quarantining. That's also pretty really close contact. It's not like you went grocery shopping where a cashier had it. It's your sitter who comes every right. day and spends. she's, hours she's making food hours for, for the kids. kids with no mess. Right,
3: you can
2: inside. Two weeks from now, which is essentially like November first, right around there, there's a good chance that I mean school's gonna be closed anyway. Two schools in my district are closed tomorrow. I mean it's really? ha- popping up all over the place and it's only getting worse.
1: Well, let's I hope I hope everyone's okay.
3: Thanks. Thank you very much.
1: Since this isn't a coronavirus podcast, I'm assuming we have to move on.
3: That's fine. That's cool. Right? Yeah, I'm yes. good with that.
1: All right, let's listen to some voicemails.
3: Barry X and
0: Blandy. This is Paul Verla. Macho Man is gone and is not coming back. Barry, you have to realize Julius Randle makes slow decisions. That soft screams plays no defense.
1: Can you and listen to this anymore?
0: Stop looking at his counting stats.
1: No. Do you want to keep going? Depends how It'll long. the
0: addition by subtraction we go.
1: I mean, well, there's actually two voicemails like that. Two? For some reason, who is this? What is this? Pole Bear.
3: Pole Paul Bear. Paul Bear. Paul Bear was the manager for the Undertaker in the WWE.
1: Is this? Is it possible that this is Macho Man? No. He's, this isn't a good
2: enough voice. Is that how Paul Bearer spoke, Blandy?
3: Yes. Huh. He, so was he was like in to... He was all pale. He had a mustache.
1: So the mistake here. He called in to talk about Macho Man. Oh, he said Macho Man. Oh, I didn't even hear yeah, that. He mentioned yeah. I macho think he's man. saying that that he like Macho Man is no longer with us, which is just oh. wrong. Unless you actually know. But then he decides to go on to tell us all the problems with Julius Randall, still in that annoying voice. I, I don't know. I mean, you just call in your normal voice for Julius Randall talk. Here, I'll keep going.
0: <laughs> I agree with Landy
1: about Devin Briscoe being married. That's how a pro wrestler
3: spoke, Jason. Are you sure? He wasn't a wrestler. Paul Bearer was the manager for The Undertaker. Okay. He was the Paul, po- you know, the like the way Paul way. Bearer, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. We we, we get yeah, the reference. I, I, I get that. Okay.
3: A two-way wing with a high
0: release point on a three-point shot is exactly what the Knicks need. I don't know how to end this message.
2: That's the funniest part right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I know how to end it. I'm not even going to play the second one. He called back. Well, yeah, I will. Paul
0: Bearer, once again, that's right, I'm not done. With my Julius Randall takes, I forgot a couple of He felt voice.
1: the need to call back and give more Julius Randall talk in the same voice.
0: The ball. He needs the ball in his I-, I can't
1: even play it. Here, let's let's find out who this creative genius is.
0: Hey, guys, uh, that was me as Paul Bearer. I'm a big fan of the show. Just wanted to let you know. Uh, from one Long there to another I think you guys are a couple years older than me But uh, I'm from Huntington Station Lifelong Knicks fan Die hard And uh, I listen to a lot of Knicks podcasts And your podcast is by far The most entertaining I enjoy it the most, I look forward to it the most Barry D Axe, Landy That's the way the basketball bounces
1: <laughs> Okay well, I mean I take it back, I mean he seems like a great guy Right <laughs> My neighbor, Huntington Station, next town over. All right, let's talk about the latest rumors, guys, because there's a lot of them, every which way for the Knicks. There's some coming out that the only players the Knicks are really interested in and really love are James Wiseman and LaMelo Ball. And because of that, they're considering trading down to go further down the board if they can't move up. There are other rumors that they're only claiming to want to move down to leverage because they want to move up to get one of those two players. There was a tweet today that there was an Atlanta Hawks insider who had some information. It doesn't have it has nothing to do with the Hawks, but he had information that the Wolves asked the Knicks in a trade for the first pick. They asked for the number eight and Mitchell Robinson, and the Knicks said no. Really? The Knicks in return offered their twenty seventh pick and the eighth pick for the number one. That's not going to do it. That's not going to happen. He also said that th- that what I just said, and that's where I got it from, that the reports of the Knicks wanting to trade back is just for leverage purposes, that they're trying to move up because there's only two guys they really want. It would just be interesting if they're going for Wiseman when they already have Mitch. Yeah, and Wiseman doesn't excite me. Unless they think Wiseman is considerably better and, you know, they do have to worry about paying Mitch after this season, which is going to be a problem. And supposedly the Warriors are also
2: interested in moving down from number two. Right, right. Yeah, I've read a few reports that said that and that the Knicks actually came up in that conversation as well that the Warriors might you know be interested in a couple of players on the Knicks uh that the Knicks have and who are they Mitch Mitch and who else no not even necessarily Mitch I think what they're looking for are going to be like solid veteran role players because they're going to look to make a run for the championship so a guy like Taj Gibson that they can count on for quality minutes you know to give him in a playoff run would be helpful and then probably you know, an, another shooter. I mean, I know they already got shooters on their team, but when they're, when, you know, Clay and their Steph are sitting on the bench, they may want a guy like Ellington or Bullock, you know, somebody to come off. So I think they're looking for a couple of role players, number eight, because they're not really interested in those top two guys. So you never know. Then did you read the rumor about the Magic? They've no. got the
1: 15th pick, and supposedly they're interested in moving up to eight. And they also really like DSJ. Huh. So I read a report that. You know, what What about the Knicks giving up the eighth pick, moving down to 15, and giving up DSJ in exchange for the number 15? Maybe a good young Magic player. Maybe you take back a bad contract like Aaron Gordon. Well, he missed a lot of games this year, Aaron Gordon. I mean, I'm sure the Magic want to give up, want to try and get rid of Aaron Gordon because he's, he's making a decent amount of money. He averaged 14 points a game last year. I mean, he's he's he made almost $20 million this year. Set to make $18 million next year, and then after the 21-22 season, his contract comes off the books. And there's a lot of rumors right now about the Knicks being interested in taking some of these bad contracts back from teams. They're looking to shed salary. So you got guys like Aaron Gordon or Russell Westbrook, Chris
2: Paul. Right. That Westbrook one scared me because I think it was Steven Kyler. That, that, he showed up in a bunch of articles the last couple of days. Westbrook. Every week, it's a new player. I mean, it
1: would be a smart move for the Knicks to be looking at taking back bad contracts this year. I agree. And if that gets you assets back, I'm all for taking back some bad contracts and getting another good pick next year. No, but I don't want Westbrook. You want Westbrook on the Knicks? I'll take Westbrook if we're getting assets back (sighs) with him, but I'm not giving up a single asset for Russell Westbrook. Not one. Not one. I wouldn't even give up next year's Dallas first round pick. I don't think I would give up the 27th pick this year. You shouldn't have to give up anything for contracts that are so bad that a team is willing to give up a, a superstar player. You
2: right, know, right? See, I think that's a good situation for the Knicks. You can't give up anything for him, right? right. You're doing the other team a favor. They want to unload him. So, guys, you, Barry, do you have a preference as
1: far as in this draft moving up? To I know you want Lamelo, but would your preference be to move up and maybe give up some assets and move up into two? Stay where they're at after seeing a lot of these prospects that we've been studying over these few weeks or potentially move back not too far but move into the mid teens to to
2: get someone in there and get some assets back along with So them. I want to see an improved team this year okay I'm not one of these uh guys that that although you know although if the if the Knicks have a horrible year and you call it a tank year call it what you will and it puts them in better position to get a low pick It could be beneficial to them. I don't want that, though. I want to see improvement from this team. What makes it hard for me to tell you right now, if I want them to move up to number one or number two, is I don't know what their plan is in free agency. There's so many different ways this this can go. Now, if I knew that they weren't going to make a move for a CP3 type of player... Let's assume they're not. Then, yes, I would make a push to go for number one or number two pick. I think LaMelo and Anthony Edwards are two guys that are going to be... a. Uh, major impact players in the league and, and whatever team they're drafted to. Who are your two guys you said? Lamello and who? Lamello and Anthony
1: Edwards. Either one of those two guys. I think they're both but the Knicks be... r- reportedly don't even like Edwards.
2: And a lot of teams are down on Edwards. So let's say they're going after Lamello or Wiseman. I, I don't I see Wiseman dropping in a lot of these mock drafts that have come up recently and I still see Edwards and Lamello at the top. Would you give? Would you do that deal? Mitchell and the number eight <sighs> for the number two? I mean the number
1: one? Um,
3: How could you say no to that?
1: Well, if you love Mitch, right? I mean, I I don't you could, think but so. So here, and and before you answer, yeah. Barry, let me just set it up even go more because we know you love Tyrese. Love. Tyrese is dropping, so you could have Halliburton and Mitch right after the draft, or would you give up Mitch and just to get? LaMelo, I would. Let's say, yeah, because you know, if they go up to one, they're going after. LaMelo.
2: I would, I would. I don't think Mitchell Robinson's ever going to be the player that. and I know they're you know different type of player different position I don't think he's ever going to be the player that LaMelo is going to be so I I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem giving that up
1: and I think in this draft at 27 you could probably get someone that's going to replace Mitch and
2: and Mitch is valuable that doesn't mean you got to hold on to him that that means you, you you know since he's valuable strike while the iron's hot and and get something for him he might be never be more valuable than he is right now true You know, we all have visions of him becoming this, um, you know, defensive player of the year, this, uh, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes. Is he, is he an elite shot blocker and he covers so much space and, you know, we see all this potential, but you know, again, I don't, I don't think he's going to have um, the impact that that uh, that number one or number two player is going to have coming out of this draft.
1: Who would you rather trade RJ and the eight for two no. or Mitch? No, and I eight would. Tra- I
2: would trade Mitch. Mitch. Yeah, RJ stock doesn't, is so much doesn't higher. Doesn't
1: a part of your appeal for Lamelo being on the Knicks is seeing him play with someone like Mitch? Why? So he has somebody to throw it up to, to lob it to. It, it doesn't matter that much to me. We'll get someone else. Yes. Jay, you do that in a heartbeat.
3: How could you even think about saying no to that? That just no. There's no way you turn that down.
1: Maybe it's too early. I, I mean, obviously, no one's going to trade you that right now. But, I mean, I agree. If, if that offer holds up until draft night, yeah. I, mean, I don't see. On. Then it seems entirely realistic we end up with the number one pick because that is not that much to give up. It's not. It's
2: nothing. It's not. I mean, you, 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 look, you look at this, you're too close with this team. You know, it's like you, your family members that you don't want to let them go. But you got to look at what's in the best interest for this team long term. You got to take the player that get, has the best chance of becoming a star. Yeah.
1: Yeah. These are all moving pieces. We end up with the eighth pick or move down to the 15th pick or wherever we end up. We're just guessing at that point. It, it's a wide open, the draft. Yeah. The guys who are going at seven could also go at 23. So you're gonna, you're not going to get a guy. You, you really have to get lucky to get a guy who's going to be a star where the Knicks are drafting. So if, if you give up one guy who you don't even know if he's going to be a star in Mitch and the eight, for a guy, you're really confident is going to be a star in Lamelo Ball, and he would, you know, he's that position we've all been waiting for for so
2: long, and he's the type of point guard we all yeah. want. And it's such a stupid argument, how you know, well, you're you're giving up on your talent, you're giving up on developing your young players that you drafted. It's it's not that. It's it's being smart with your moves. People, there are people out there that make that argument. There's a good fucking chance that after this, that after
1: this season, the Knicks don't even know what to do with him because he's going to be due for a contract. We're not going to know what he's capable of still because it's still going to be another year where he's not shooting or doing anything
2: offensively, and then the Knicks are not going to know what no, to do after be, this because season. there's going be, to be there's going to be high offers out there because there are going to be some teams that are willing to overpay for him because they want a player like him on their team. They have the room for it, you know, in their space because he's not going to demand a ton of money but he's definitely going to demand i think more than what he he's technically worth. And you're right, they're going to have a decision. I guarantee they end up losing him
1: when that happens. There's no way that he's going to show what he can do offensively this year. It, it wouldn't even make sense in a con- in a contract year like that. Cuz if he if he shows that he can't do it, that's going to directly impact the kind of money he can get. But right now he's got a world of potential cuz people don't know. They see those practice highlights of him, and I'm not even impressed. Well, with them. You can't. I mean, you can't put any stock in that stuff. I do not see what everyone else sees. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I love him. He's my you favorite. See it, you Nick. see a clumsy, clumsy seven. I love, uh, I, <laughs> I love right? the play. I mean, I love the player he is now. If they just got him more involved and threw more lobs up to him, and I love the kind of player, the shot blocking, rebounding, defensive player that he is right now. I, I don't expect much more offensively. Yeah, I see a clumsy-footed big dribbling off his feet.
3: What about that video from from last week on Twitter with him shooting all those corner threes that doesn't uh that doesn't get you excited?
1: He hasn't taken <laughs> one 3 <laughs> okay <laughs> if he could shoot threes in the game he'd be shooting them it's fucking ridiculous anybody could stand in the corner and hit a bunch of threes yeah, I mean I could do that Yeah, I'm and sorry but
3: if, if it's him and the eight for the number one pick I mean you have to jump at that you have to
1: you guys see this photo of Steve Stout Steve Stout back in the news again yeah on the golf course with uh, Nas Draymond Green some Nike executive Paul Rivera and I don't know who the other guy is do you know one guy that doesn't belong who's all the way on the on the left <laughs> it doesn't matter steve stout the what is he what is he so, considered for the so name? He's, he's considered like a brand. marketing
2: consultant
3: yeah he's like their brand so
2: guy. it's never been made clear like I, I i don't think he's is he on the staff i don't think he is i think they it's like almost like the he's their consultant he probably pays them for the hours that they pay him for the hours that he gives them i don't think he's on their payroll regularly um but that being said it's still kind of like a fuck you like to the Knicks, like. But does he do that for other? No. Te- is he the, a marketing consultant for any other NBA no. teams? No. As far as I know, he, he he's a consultant for for companies, for entertainers, um, a bunch of different things. But I don't. I have never seen him affiliated with any other team. No. But but this isn't like the first time he does shit like this. It's weird because like, he. Well, we haven't even said we.
1: For for anyone oh, yes. who hasn't seen the photo, he is standing on the golf course. With, these, with all these guys, and he's wearing Chicago Bulls shorts, like
2: 1980s or 90s Bulls shorts. I just don't think he's a smart guy. I mean, obviously, okay, maybe I shouldn't say that because obviously, look, he's done very well for himself. A lot of people respect him, and I guess apparently he's done smart things in his field. Otherwise, people wouldn't keep hiring him, but he used to be like manager for Nas, and obviously, they're still tight, yet he also like has business partnerships with Jay-Z and now didn't like Nas and Jay-Z have like major beef between the two of them.
3: Yes. And yet here he is
2: like working with both of them. How does Nas feel about that? Like, look, you're my manager. We work closely together and now you're working with like one of my enemies. It's, it's like a, almost a similar thing. So I don't think he's that bright when it comes to those types of optics, which is so bizarre because that's his job are the optics. His job is to elevate
1: the Knicks. Right, and he wears these shorts, and everyone's just talking about how crazy it is that someone who represents the Knicks is wearing these Bulls shorts. I mean, it's a little... I felt like we have to talk about it, but it is. I think it is a little fucking ridiculous. I know. In the scheme of things,
2: it's a small thing, but it's a little thing that would, would still bother me, you know?
3: Well, just really quick here. It says that he and his agency were hired to help bolster bolster the team's brand and ties to the fan base. His agency has other clients, including the Brooklyn Nets. I don't think he's on the payroll. I think he's just... He and his agency are consultants. That's it. He's not on the payroll.
1: Well, I mean, think... I mean, he's marketing himself in a good way, in a way, because imagine he showed up at this golf course in just some khaki shorts. Then nobody's talking about him, right? This is how crazy the 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 NBA world is when anything with the Knicks comes up, and it's a
2: fucking huge story. How ironic is it whenever we see this fucking guy, it's always irritating and pissing off Knicks fans from, like, the first month after he was hired and he shows up on first take and he starts mouthing off at the Knicks need a new coach, you know, I mean, when when Mike Miller was just handed the keys to the uh, as an interim head coach and he's talking out of school and then the Knicks, you know, have to come out with a statement after that and say, you know, his views don't express the Knicks. He's, He's only, you know, a contributor for our marketing and branding efforts. Nothing else. Don't listen to him. And then he comes out with this. The only time we hear from this guy, it's never anything positive with the Knicks it's only this negative shit crazy to me now what kind of shorts is Nas wearing
3: he's wearing Knicks shorts
1: those are Knicks shorts right I can't tell yes so there's that
3: yeah he's definitely wearing Knicks shorts <laughs> how, how can you tell that everything that I read on the internet he's wearing Knicks shorts
1: alright guys Barry how many days until the NBA draft 200 no that's not right
2: that's November 18th right so what is that okay maybe I'm a little yeah. off So, 24 uh,
3: ish 35 30 what? 35 35 buddy Okay
1: 24 35 <laughs> somewhere in that range 35 Depending on when you're listening to this show it's somewhere in that 24 to 35 range anyway All
3: right
1: guys so so we we took a look at some of these prospects we've got left over we've taken. we've looked at most of the first round guys so over the next few weeks we're going to look at some of the players we've missed and then maybe look back at some maybe we'll I think we might need to look back at the guys at the top because we never even looked at them. But today, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about Jaden McDaniels, Isaiah Stewart, and Jalen Smith. Uh, not going to go too crazy in detail about them, but we're just going to talk about them overall. We got Jaden McDaniels. He's a 20-year-old, six foot ten freshman out of Washington, small forward. 13 points a game, 6 boards. His comp was Brandon Ingram. We're going to look at him, Isaiah Stewart. Nineteen-year-old six-foot-nine freshman out of Washington as well. Seventeen points, nine boards, a couple blocks a game. His comp: Tristan Thompson. And then we're also looking at Jalen Smith out of Maryland. Twenty years old, six-foot-ten sophomore. Sixteen points, eleven boards, two and a half blocks. Thirty-seven percent from three. His comp: Serge Ibaka. Barry, uh, did you like anything of any of these three guys that you looked at?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, so Jaden. McDaniels, you mentioned, him. and by the way, but
1: by the way, before you go into it, these are all guys projected to go in the first round
2: between like nineteen and thirty. They're they're in that bottom third of the first round. So, I mean, Jaden McDaniel's he was very fun to watch because he's a six foot ten guy that dribbles the ball like a guard. You know, uh, yeah. very exciting. He shoots over people because he's so long. He's got a lot of offensive potential, but then he comes with all this baggage because he turns over the ball like crazy. His turnover percentage was like over 20%. You know how bad that is? That's like every 5 times he touches the ball, he's turning it over. It's really really awful. Um and he, you know, he takes bad shots this and that. So as fun as he is, you know, he comes with a lot a lot of uh, problems, but there's that potential there. You know, he's gift he's definitely a gifted basketball player, don't you think? I mean, he's one of those guys where when you watch his highlights, it lo- he looks amazing.
1: He looks like it could be Durant one day right. or the way he plays like a guard, and he's so long, and he's got that seven-foot wingspan, but he's putting it between his legs. He's crossing over. He's pulling up, pulling up from three, pulling up from. He could score from anywhere, and he can also throw it down. Right. Well, the thing is, he needs he needs to add weight. Yeah, I mean, he's very he's very thin, like like Durant or yeah. Porzingis there was. Isn't. But then, what was also interesting about him was all that potential. But then, on the defensive end, sometimes you'd think those guys would just disappear.
2: But he also played really well defensively, blocking a lot of shots. And- and, but on defense, he'd, he'd foul all the time. He fouled out of eight games last season. There were fifteen games where he had four fouls or more. So he's very foul prone.
3: Did you look at his size? Yeah, he's six ten. And he weighs two hundred pounds. 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 Yeah, yeah,
2: no, he's how is that even
3: possible? How's that possible? <laughs> Literally, how is that humanly possible? I don't don't know, (laughs) Jeff. I mean, because I'm looking at Jalen Smith, you know, before, and he's 6'10, 225, and I'm saying. I'm like, geez, th- I mean, that guy's thin. This is 25 pounds lighter. No wonder he's fouling a lot. What he, what's he supposed to do? Can't put a body on anybody.
1: So these three players were all very different, right? Then you had Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, teammate of uh, McDaniels. Yeah, and he's the total opposite. He's like, He reminded me of Charles Oakley. In That's the-
3: a big dude. He was 6'9", 250, I think.
1: I didn't like him, though. I didn't. I mean, he's bo- it's boring as shit. I, <laughs> I mean, he just could score. He could score from inside, and he he would be great on the '90s Knicks. He, he'd probably be a good player off the bench. Great rebounder. Honestly, just total brute
2: force inside. Right. Good shot big, blocker. Big body. Yeah. Sound defender. Yeah. You know, but he's slow. You know, he's got a he's got an impressive stat line, but I mean, I don't think this guy's going to be anything.
3: No. Uh. Uh-uh.
2: No. I see like Andre, like an Andre Drummond type. You're being too kind.
1: Kind of player. Am I being too Yeah, tried? speaking of them in the
2: same breath. This guy, I'm telling you, I don't think this guy's gonna be anything. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't spend another second on him. Okay, well we'll fucking move on. And then
1: there was Jalen Smith out of Maryland. My alma mater. How long were you at Maryland for? A year. One one year. A uh, semester Ooh, and a half. You both went to you both went to Maryland, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that
3: one year.
2: And who was there a shorter length of time? Well we
3: were th- well,
2: I mean, we were both there two semesters, I, but I, I withdrew from all my classes with about a month and a half to go in there I finished my semester. classes. <laughs> he finished his yeah, classes. Yeah, so see, like, so like it's I- one of the great mysteries about Barry and Jason.
3: I went home with all of my credits.
2: Only you two know what really happened that year. Craig, you know what's the weirdest thing is? You know, Jason and I, we're, we're best friends, best friends growing up. We go to college together. I maybe saw this guy like five times the whole year <laughs> in
3: Maryland. And that's part of why you withdrew and I didn't.
2: Right. <laughs>
1: What was it? The kind of crowd Barry was hanging with? Bad crowd.
3: Bad crowd. Coke stuff like that. Oh, it was stop! There was bad stuff.
1: A lot of pot. and uh, No <laughs> coke. I mean, maybe LSD once. It was a fun. It had to be. Was that the greatest year it's ever?
2: Greatest year ever. Greatest year ever.
1: And you didn't take any classes in your second semester. I
2: I took them, and then about halfway through, <laughs> I you know I like missed the midterm. I was like, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna fail every class. I'm just going to withdraw. So I dropped all my classes, had to make a horrible phone call to my folks <laughs> and basically talk them into letting me stay the remainder of the semester, even though I withdrew okay, from Okay. So you
1: told them that you were withdrawing from your yeah. classes. You
2: didn't just withdraw
1: Correct. and stick around. Correct. You can get out of all your classes and stay? Sure. I paid for the housing. Well, I didn't. My parents <laughs> did. <laughs> sure. Sure. That's what college is for. I mean- so essentially someone could go to college, sign up for all the classes, live live for the semester, but get out of class after a day and just stay there. That's right, and play
2: racquetball and basketball. Can I do that now? Can you do it now? Sure. Why not? And just to give the listeners an idea of how old we are, um I saw Tim Duncan play for Wake Forest while I was at Maryland. <laughs> Look at the <laughs> Yeah. Wow, that that makes it seem like you're 60. I know. Barrett. I know. And you remember that. I do. I do. It was a big deal when they played Wake Forest. T-shirts made up. You remember those T-shirts, Jay?
3: I, I actually I, the the picture I tweeted out of my of my Knicks gear from the nineties in the same container was my my fuck Wake shirt. Uh, shirt.
2: <laughs> fuck Wake. <Yeah. laughs> fuck Wake. Catchy. Now you went to you went to Syracuse. Did you see any uh, Hall of Fame NBA players in your time at Syracuse? That's a great question. Because you, you lasted I... more than a year there You were there for four years I was
1: there for the full four years I could never, I don't have it in me to do what you did <laughs> What is that supposed to mean? Have it in you I probably
3: <laughs> Disappoint his parents He doesn't have it in him to disappoint was, his parents uh, like you uh, did
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I don't have that in me um, No, but I, I, had, I had great seats at, For all the Syracuse basketball games We sat second row behind the basket
3: Great. Was John Wallace um, there when you were there?
1: He, la- he, w- he was out Future of there right Nick? before we got there. Oh. I was there in the Eton Thomas years, Donovan McNabb, oh. who was quarterback, but he also was on the basketball team. Hmm. I was there, well, one of the years I was there, we went. We started off the season like 19-0. and We stormed the court so many times. I used to bring um, posters of like really attractive, scantily clad women <laughs> behind the hmm. basket, and I would hold them up for the guys shooting free throws to distract them. <laughs> I'd be like, "Hey, baby." <laughs> uh, that's what I did. It was a great time. So, out of University of Maryland
2: is Jalen Smith.
1: Yeah, his comp is Serge Ibaka, seven foot one, one wingspan. By the way, Isaiah Stewart had a seven foot four wingspan, which is crazy and would definitely be in the top in the NBA. Yeah, what would you think of Jalen? I mean, he did seem a very similar to Serge Ibaka. Great athlete, elite level athlete, great shot blocker, great rebounder. He could actually shoot the three uh which is rare. He had 21 double-doubles last season and he's projected right now to go
2: 19. So I mean Barry, you really liked I him. I did. I mean this guy was a presence on the court and it's not just cool not just cuz he wore really cool goggles and it wasn't just <laughs> Oh, he did wear the goggles. They were cool, weren't yeah. they? Uh it okay. wasn't cuz he was 6'10 but he played like a 7-foot one player. It wasn't cuz he covers so much ground. Um, and it's like a block. Oh, machine. I can't wait to hear
1: what it is, what it was.
2: Uh, it's not because he averaged almost three blocks per 36. <laughs> yeah, I should 37% say from three. Yeah, he was top 20 in the country in rebounds, this guy. He uh, covered a lot of ground. Like I said, he's an elite rim protector. He's probably one of the best shot blockers in this draft. I mean, he could replace Mitch.
3: Yeah, I could see that
2: easily. Probably. Yeah, right? this guy was all over the place. Yeah,
3: and he, he was... and he's got a way better handle than than Mitch does. Yeah, That's and for he sure.
2: shoots. He shoots. Yeah, he could shoot. He yeah, he upped his average, like you said, from t- well, to up to thirty six percent. He was twenty six percent his freshman year. It's a good looking shot. I love Mitch. He's a great. I mean, he's got a ton of potential. I love his
1: personality. I love how all over the floor he is. I love his jumping ability, but. There is something really clunky about him. Right. He's not the, he's not an athlete like Jalen Smith. I mean he's an athlete because he can do all the things he can do at his size, but
2: he he's not smooth. Right. He's got he's got a lot of ability and talent. Um but right, he doesn't right, he doesn't move fluidly. <laughs> right. I don't know <laughs> right. how to say what's it? a nice way to say that about one of your favorite players.
1: Right. It's like he's got two left feet, you know. Right. But he can still do it all. He just doesn't look it's there's something off about him, which is why I hesitate to just know that he's gonna be a star one day. I don't know if he's gonna be any more than he is now. When
2: he's running in a straight line, he's very fast. (laughs) (laughs) When he jumps, it's very high. His arms and legs and torso are all very long.
1: (sighs) Could the Knicks trade Mitch move up to one? Right, lose the number eight in that trade, and they still have 27. Could they shop the 27 and the 38 to move up a few spots to grab someone like Jalen Smith or stay where they are and get a Jaden McDaniels? Get one of these guys that could replace the the potential that Mitch has. You could easily do in this draft. They have three picks. Yeah, because I'll tell you, whoever, in the first whoever and then the
2: 38. team ends up drafting um, Jalen Smith, the fans are really going to love him. I can tell you that right now. You could see what he does on the court. They're going to fall in love with him, whoever team he ends up on.
3: Did either of you, have either of you seen anything about the Knicks being high on Tyrese Maxey? Yeah. Which, I mean, after the conversation that the three of us had about Tyrese Maxey, I mean, what the fuck is that? (laughs) How is is that even possible?
1: I mean, I think, listen, in the coming weeks, we're going to go back. We're going to, because there has been news about players that the Knicks supposedly are interested in we're gonna go back we'll look at Kira Lewis we'll look at Tyrese Maxey we
3: don't know what they know but none of us we like we were all like a definite like we didn't find anything we liked about Tyrese Maxey nothing
1: now they know I mean I, I have a feeling they know a little bit more than us I,
3: yeah clearly but um, I mean so, oh I just thought I of a, go a trade
2: proposal Jason um, question for you, because we already said without hesitation, or I had hesitation, but then I was on your side. You said without hesitation you would trade the number eight pick in Mitchell Robinson for the number one or number two pick. Correct? Yeah. Would you trade it for the number three pick? Danny Abdia would be up there for the taking.
3: See, but I didn't. Re- I wasn't really. No.
2: I didn't really no, no, like no. him. I wouldn't. I have to be honest. I wouldn't trade
1: Mitch and the eight for two. Unless you know Lamelo going to be there, because you,
2: because you, okay, because you like Lamelo, but you don't like Edwards.
1: I'm going after Lamelo, but I'm not trading Mitch and the eight for Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman. Well, I, I wouldn't mean, for you Wiseman. Know,
3: the the knock on on Anthony Edwards is they don't know if the desire is there. So yeah, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no to that.
2: Okay, just just wondering.
1: There comes that music, Blandy. Are you ready?
3: I am ready. Let's do this.
1: I I don't. Was there a lot of news this week? There's
3: not a lot, so I had to do some scrounging, but I found some good stuff.
1: (laughs) Barry, time for us to uh, just sit back. And let Blandy take over for a few minutes. Yeah, my favorite part.
3: All right, here we go. Well, clearly, uh, hold on. Oh, sorry. Wait for
1: your intro. Your big moment. This is the news with Blanderson
3: Hooper. All right. So clearly, at the end of the last show, we did talk about the the Lakers winning the uh, the title, their seventeenth title. Um, only thing I wanted to come back to that for is two things. One, LeBron was named the Finals MVP, becoming the first person to do that with three separate teams. Uh, also, after a championship like this, there's usually a big parade, uh, but with the pandemic and COVID, there are no plans at this point for the Lakers to have any kind of uh, parade.
2: I also I also just want to enlighten some people, uh, because a lot of people had a problem with uh, LeBron's little speech after the game when he said he wanted his damn respect, and people didn't understand who he was talking to, because everybody respects his game, and um, you know, in his accomplishments, he was talking to Craig. He's still looking for Craig's (laughs) respect. Craig is the one.
3: Is that true? Holding
2: out that will not pay him his respect. Is that true? Craig. I wanted to
1: tweet out a photo of Frank, uh, you know, that he wants his damn respect too. (laughs) For what? (laughs) Exactly. Continue. I want, don't you want your damn respect? (laughs) I I, I would think
3: everybody wants their damn respect.
1: I don't think you're going to get it after a championship like this, but okay.
3: <laughs> One of the things the Lakers have to be concerned about is Anthony Davis and what he plans to do, whether he decides to opt out. You would think after teaming with LeBron for the title that he probably would not want to leave, but I guess, you know, you never really, uh, you never really know.
1: Future Nick. Future Nick.
3: Yeah, Sure. Mike D'Antoni parts ways with the Rockets, and now there is talk that he might become one of Steve Nash's top assistants with the Nets. Don't know if you saw that. What? Yeah. I did
1: not see that. Which
3: I think would be very weird because he could easily get himself another head coaching job. Why he would do that, don't know. Um, Stan Van Gundy is up for the job in New Orleans with the Pelicans. Ty Lue in Houston, and also another name that they're talking about in Houston is uh Jeff Van Gundy for a second mm. go round. Uh according to the athletics Sham's Charnia. Charnia. Charania. Charnia. Charania.
1: The land of Charnia. is that, uh, that isn't, isn't that, that the, isn't the, chroni- the, the Chronicles,
3: the Chronicles of Charnia?
1: Oh, <laughs>
3: The Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe?
1: Does he play off of that ever? The Chronicles of Charnia?
3: I don't know, but that would be interesting. The Lion the does Witch, and the Witch not have wardrobe. a
1: podcast with that name. Um, the Chronicles of Charania. <laughs> Charania or Charania? Well, I Charnia. Mean, it's
3: char- It's Narnia, so it would be Charania.
1: I gotta. We should reach out to him and just see if he'll come on the show just to discuss. Just so we, could, just so we so can get how to say to his name.
2: <laughs> the Chronicles of Charnia. Yeah. Well, you should. You know. Well, trademark it first before you make the call. Yeah. You
3: don't want him to do that. Then he'll he'll steal it from us.
2: What a great. Show name.
3: That would be a great podcast name for him, you know? Or a great just a a. a but a then I'll say,
2: Yeah, but my last name's Turania.
3: Whatever. You, <laughs> you it's like dude, it works. It sounds good. People will, Close enough, dude. People would like that. Uh anyway, NBA teams are now being allowed to conduct in person meetings with uh possible draft picks. They're allowed a medical evaluation and a workout, and that is allowed between October 16th and November 16th. Each team gets up to two visits per player and no more than 10 visits total. So now they've changed things just slightly when it comes Great. to the draft. And then last thing, season is not going to start until at least 2021. There's no way that they're going to make that, that December 25th date at this point. It's probably just, it's not going to happen. And at this point, teams are not allowed to sign anyone to any kind of extension, waive anybody, or conduct any kind of uh, trade until they come to some kind of an agreement with the players about the collective bargaining
1: agreement. So we there's no idea when free agency is going to begin right no, now? No,
3: they're still not sure. They're still not sure about the numbers. They're expecting the number to be the same as it was last year, which was $109 million, with the tax threshold at 139 and currently, as it stands, there are only six teams that actually will probably go into free agency with cap space. One of those being our New York Knicks, who will have the second most amount of cap space behind how the How much cap space? Uh, about $42.4 million. And that is how the basketball bounces.
1: There you go. Thank you, Jason. I mean Blandy. Thank you, Blandy. Alright guys, that's going to do it for today's show If you want to reach out to us, it's a HardnicksLife at gmail.com You can follow me on Twitter At HardnicksLife Barry, at Barry Dworkin And you can follow Blandy At Blandy Hooper Who right now, after doing that news He waits the whole show for that to happen And you, you look like A weight is off your shoulders now, Blandy Do I? You stretched after that You sat back, you breathed, you stretched your neck Feeling good did you feel that was a good one or was that one of your better ones or that? I
3: mean like I said I, I kind of had to scrounge for some news because you know with the season done now there's not there's not much going on. There was a couple other you still things Still
1: get a lot. I mean I I have to credit you. You get a lot of great stuff in there stuff Barry and I would never even know. Yep. There, there
3: were a couple of things that I was going to put in that I decided not to um, but you know I think it went okay. It went well.
1: All right guys, if you like our show, please subscribe. Please tell your friends Please uh, leave some reviews. Did we get any new ones? We've gotten a few new ones. Should we read them? No, people don't. We we love doing that because it makes us feel good, but I don't <laughs> think people care. All right. But we did get a nasty review, and so I want to tell everybody: it's amazing the fucking Dotson
2: fans out there.
1: That I, I I actually wonder if it's Barry. Did you say this? That might
2: be Dotson. Yeah, in our in our private, private text, jazz? you shared that review where like the header was hates Dotson," and then they went on to give us a one star review. And I said, um, I said, it's crazy that Damien Dotson left that review, <laughs> shaking my head. Somebody literally
1: wrote a review saying that we hate Dotson and then gave us one star, and said that we are not as informative or entertaining as a couple other Knicks podcasts. And I totally probably agree on the informative part of it, <sighs> <laughs> but the entertaining. So right there you lost all credibility, I think, with all Knicks fans, because there's not one unless they're a fucking asshole that would agree with you. <laughs> Dotson. <laughs> Alright, and they can call. And Dotson, why don't you just fucking call us next time? Stop being such a pussy.
2: Oh, Barry, do you wanna give do you wanna give Damien the number? Oh, that's right. That would be a good time to uh give the number. Five one six <laughs> three three mesh one. Paul Bear, we appreciate it, but there's
1: no reason to there's no reason to ever call back. Well, not not in your oh, no. Paul Bear voice. Not in the Paul Bear, yeah. Call back in normal voice, talking about Julius Randall all you want. But not like this. <laughs> <laughs> is there a clip for that guy?
2: Is that Oh, the real Paul really Bear? So we can see if it's how close it is. Yeah, let's hear well, it. I'll
3: show you what he. I'll, I'll show you what he looks like. No, Did we want to hear, hear it. A screen? It's a
2: podcast. Oh, oh can yeah, you, I could totally can see. You
3: that. See oh, my screen? Maybe that is his voice. <laughs> oh, God, look at this guy. He walked around with the urn, he had <laughs> the, the powder white face. Play a clip.
2: <laughs> it's a good Paul Bear that he did.
1: Okay, Uh, great. That was great impersonation. Still still is annoying. Yeah, what a horrible voice you came up for yourself there.
3: All right. Until next time.
1: It is a hard. Nick's.
3: Life.